Hey guys, and welcome back to a new episode of the Dear Baddest Bee podcast with me, your host, Nkem. It feels amazing to be back for my eighth episode. If you've been here with me before, you know the consistency was always an issue. And funnily enough, I know, don't hate me. My sister has already been at me a billion times about the fact that the last two weeks of posting schedule has been a bit up and down. And that's because due to circumstances, I actually wasn't home. And as I said, you guys know that I'm working from home now in my own little recording studio that I've set up. And finding time and a place to record is really difficult, like especially if you want the video, because if it was just recording the sound, listen, yo, I could record at 3 a.m if I needed but for this good good lighting for my good good looks this face has to be prepped it's been a little bit difficult navigating that and of course I wasn't home I was up and down into Bristol for work let's hope we get a little bit more stable but of course your girl is not going anywhere as I said I am here to stay so if you're here with me up to the eighth episode let me just say thank you so much for tuning in this and learning this creative process being here is I actually, I'm going to go as far to say as a dream. I just, with all the revelations I've been having about my own life, the way my life has gone and the path it's gone down, being here right now, saying that I'm recording a podcast episode, even if there's not many listeners, even if there are definitely things I need to start tapping into, like my own niche and fine tuning the way these podcasts happen. It's it's amazing to be here. It's amazing to talk. It's amazing to have people listen. It's amazing to have people resonate. So thank you so, so much for listening. We're going to get onto the segments that I'm having so much fun devising for you guys. First, we've got the life updates. I can safely say now that I'm in a position where I want to move out of my, I'm going to call it family home. And I'm going to be making strides to make that happen. Whether that looks like saving, whether that looks like moving out of London is a really serious question I'm having to ask myself because lately, listen, we don't have to go into the topic of student loans and housing crisis and all that. Y'all know what the T is, okay? Even trying to get a council property because really I am technically eligible. It just means that I have to be waiting a little while. Even with the changes, I don't know if you guys know, council properties, I believe before 2000 and I can't remember the exact year, I want to say 2018, was that the council property you got would be yours for life. They've completely changed that now and it is a five-year contract and tenancy. There's a little less feeling secure and it's something I consider because even for going to uni, I don't know about those of you who did go to uni, I was very much against the whole move into accommodation for one year and then move out. When I was looking to go to uni at the time, I'd obviously moved out of my mum's property due to circumstances and I was looking for something a lot more permanent and so I moved out to a flat that I lived in for about three years that's what I'm looking for now I don't want to have to move out and rock my world again because let me tell you moving out the second time was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life and if you've seen my dissertation video on YouTube you know I do not say that lightly at all okay So I'm looking for something more stable and that means having to consider options which are unfortunately on the outskirts of London. I say unfortunately and I know I'm privileged to be even able to say that I can think about moving out on my own but the reality is housing crisis is real. I was looking at studio flats because you know in terms of space I'm not really that fast. I'm happy to have a studio. It's just that I've come to a place where when you grow up not really having a home you need to curate your own one and I've done the living with people I've done the moving back with my mum and it's just not what my soul needs right now what my soul needs is to build my home and so studio flats was something that I considered 
Excuse me, okay? £1,250 for a poxy studio flat, not including bills, is exploitive, okay? It's extortion of the highest order. I am not the only one who is looking to move out of their home. The majority of us are going to need spaces of our own, nests of our own, regardless of whether you grew up in a nice space with your parents. But Jesus Christi, it's a lot. And I do well, which is even scarier because there are plenty of people who don't do as well as I do that don't have that opportunity. So I get nervous sometimes thinking that we might be heading into, I dare say it, the R word, recession. Between Brexit, between COVID, it's left, I'm going to say England for now, but it's left England really unstable. So I get really nervous about this. What I'm also considering is if I'm not able to afford a studio flat in London, then I'm going to have to head a little bit into the outskirts. We're talking Romford, Ilford, maybe Croydon is absolutely, it's Rothaudier. Yeah, I'm not going. But outskirts and actually considering maybe if I go to the outskirts to make travel slightly easier, then I'd have to purchase a car. But then car and ULEs and costs, you know, all considerations that I've been thinking about, but that's definitely a move I am hopefully going to make by the end of next year and moving out on my own. Then your girl is on beast mode. I am talking 10 kilo weight loss journey (laughs) in 12 weeks because I'm trying to do a little something, something before my 25th and hoping to lose a few pounds i am also hoping to change my mentality when it comes to losing weight and my eating habits so that's a journey that if you follow me on instagram i'll be posting on not regularly because i feel like for the audience i have at the moment it's not content that i'd want to see day in and day out because i am very i want to be body positive but i also recognize that to be body positive, you have to be healthy with your habits too. It's not just about the aesthetic. It's about, can I climb up a flight of stairs and not feel too tired and feel like my legs are going to give out? Can I have a meal and not think about the next one and be obsessed with thinking of food? Is that healthy for me? No. And and that's what really what I'm wanting to change. I've never spoken about this before, just, but just rehashing and re-updating because I've stepped up my training routine to like twice a day. One of the first things I noticed yesterday when I woke up, I had the distinct feeling that I was drunk and I was like shit the excessive training the calorie deficit I'm gonna have a period here of about two three four weeks where I am shattered shattered and it's not the motivation that's gonna keep pushing me it's gonna be the discipline we always say this whatever habits you're trying to implement it's never usually about the motivation that keeps you going and keeps you in that habit it's about the discipline making sure that you are doing those things so those are a couple of things I am handling at the moment Also, my favorite bit of life update news is that I am currently looking for a social media assistant position. I'm not gonna tell you that I'm enjoying the application process because I hate them. I think they're so long. I feel like they're outdated. And especially for the creative industry, recently talking with one of my friends is the really weird questions that they'll ask you before you've even had an interview. For example, I was given an interview for today and the the first question was, what are your social media handles? And I got a little bit pissed off. I got a little irritated because I was like, if you had read my CV and if you'd looked at my portfolio, the first page of my portfolio is quite literally every social media handle I have, including Spotify. What you're telling me, what you're saying is you haven't looked at anything. After the last two experiences I've had in private companies, I have one crazy radar for companies that aren't doing things or don't run in the way that I hope they do. Let's see what the interview is saying. Let's see if I end up going for that position because I'm in a very privileged place where if I don't like 
the morale they're offering then I'm certainly not going to take them up on it. Especially the company I have today with an interview, I looked up their company on Indeed for employee reviews. I think everyone should implement that into their lives of searching for a job. Always look up the company and their employee reviews. And the employee reviews were not all good, let me tell you. Some of them were like one star, where they said we were working in a place with no central heating, the pipes had frozen over, they made us work in these conditions, don't listen to your ideas. And I'm like, this is creative. So if not listening to ideas is something that's a part of your work culture, then it's obviously not for me and that's okay. But after the last two job roles that I had, I've definitely recognized that I need to slow down, take a second and remember that as long as I have a way of making income on the side and I can survive, then I don't have to take the first opportunity that's presented to me because it actually might not be the best one later down the line. Now, on to the next segment, which is motivation of the week. I've decided, like, I know I preach a lot about self-love and self-restriction and things like that, but it's because it's important to know especially when we live, for those of us in London, in a very cosmopolitan society, which speaks about only one way of being happy. So I have to constantly remind myself that there is more than that. So motivation of the week is your limits are the ones you impose on yourself. And this all ties in with Cringe Mountain, learning to be okay with disappointing people, learning to be okay with not listening to advice and instead seeking your own actions. Because... I have to remind myself daily to trust my instincts. Everyone's instincts are different. They are founded upon the experiences they've had, the teachings they've had, the nurturings they've had, the paths they've gone down in life, whether you recognize academia as a priority or not, whether you value kinetic learning against audio learning. They are so distinctive and unique to each one of us. But I feel like as a community, well, at least my community and my friendships, we don't trust our instincts enough. And let me tell you, I've followed most of mine throughout my life and every single one where I decided to take the route that was best for me has led me into a position of further happiness or improved learning. So like at the time, of course, you think to yourself a situation that you might've been in that like, shit, this shouldn't have happened. I regret how it happened. But each one is supposed to teach you a lesson. And what if you ignored every one of those instincts, listened to other people and didn't recognize that the experiences you were supposed to have were supposed to give you the lessons you were supposed to have to get you into the position you were supposed to be in. (laughs) Those are some of the thought processes behind that. Whatever you're deciding to do, whatever positions you're looking to take, whatever habits you're wanting to build, trust your instincts and trust yourself. But essentially, motivation of the week is your limits are the ones you impose on yourself. Then we are on to pop culture. I don't feel like this week has been a fast week for pop culture. I haven't really paid attention to many stories apart from the Sierra clip where an interviewer is asking her about her and future co-parenting. And of course, I've already spoken about it, Timothy Chalet and Kylie, as well as Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas and their divorce and all the shenanigans with that. I don't feel like it's been a really fast week. So I've only got a couple of things and I wouldn't even necessarily count them as pop culture, but things I've noticed. Number one, sex education on Netflix. Let's talk because I've loved sex education from the beginning. I think it was one of the best shows to hit my screen in the last couple of years. And we are now up to season four. I'm not going to ruin it for everybody but 
you know, spoiler alert, just in case my mouth is big. What I do want to say is I'm very much not satisfied with the ending. It's definitely not a satisfaction that is comparable to Game of Thrones because that was a real shenanigans. We all know it was rushed. We all know the reasons why. And yes, I support the Queen of the North, but damn Daenerys didn't have to die. Sex education anyway. I feel deep in my soul that Otis and Maeve were never a good couple me at my big age i understand that they are teens 16 17 so it's a very different worldview and i will say i feel like a lot of the decisions that were made in season four were good for the growth of each character and actually made sense for who they were but i can still be disappointed y'all because i am an otis and ruby stan you can't tell me nothing because season three was so wholesome so wholesome i'm sad to have seen it go i really wish all the actors the best of luck especially my girl simone ashley doing her thing on bridgerton i've been really struggling not to watch her season again because anthony and kate man anthony and kate anyway then we have cinema and i feel like since barbenheimer the cinema's like dropped a little bit and I feel like that's mean because I know there are movies like Meg 2, Expandables 4 and Equalizer 3 and there were a few ones like The Blackening and Talk To Me and stuff but I just feel like it's a little bit dead in the cinema right now. Maybe I'm being harsh, maybe I'm looking for more vibes but I definitely feel like it's 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 dipped a little it's dipped a little and i kind of wanted to pick up i'm looking forward to more movies i will say though the little mermaid oh oh hallie bailey and jonah howard king let me click for you let me click for you i went to watch the little mermaid on a whim i don't know why i hadn't watched it because i listen to hallie bailey anyway and she really gives me princess disney princess vibes and so I went on a whim. It was on a day that was feeling quite anxious. And because the cinema's free for me, because I pay for Limitless, which is wonderful, uh, I decided to go and watch it. One of the best movies I've watched this year, because it just, it makes me sad to look back on all the complaints now, because I cannot tell you how much of a Disney film it felt like. They didn't do any of those shitty changes that they did with Mulan. They didn't do any taking away of the animal characters. They didn't try to change it up. They didn't try to jazz it up. Like I loved Aladdin, but Jasmine's song didn't give personally. And there were certain bits that I was like, mm, I don't know if you should have changed it. The Little Mermaid is exactly what we remember. It was sensational. It made me feel like I was back watching the first 1989 version. Everything about Halle Bailey was amazing. Her singing, her acting, Disney princess vibes. And then, yeah, let me talk about Jonah and Halle, okay? There was, they gave us chemistry. They gave us solid Disney prince. He is a, so, they are solid Disney prince and princess. And the chemistry they gave us as both of them was so beautiful to watch on my screen. I could watch it again. They kept the music the same. The graphics were great. The family bit were great. And you know what? I really was looking forward. I don't know if you guys remember, but the, at the end of the animated version, there's like the mer people and the humans come together and they celebrate their marriage and celebrate the combining of kingdoms. I really was nervous that it wasn't going to happen in the same way. I don't know why, because it did happen in the same way. And I can't lie to you, I shed a tear. I was like, oh my God, the mer people, her sisters, her dad came to say goodbye and her and Eric are going to explore the world. That really, 
that hit me in all the films. Disney, you did great with that one. And Halle Bailey was an excellent choice as well as Jonah. I would recommend giving that a watch. On to today's episode. I have decided that I kind of wanted to bring back a little bit of Nella Rose's What We're Leaving Behind, but the reverse. <laughs> Hear me out. There is a influencer and podcaster I follow. Her name is Peyton Sarton. You should give her a listen. She runs Note to Self, which is a lovely podcast. I love listening. But I will say it's very much one of those girl talk style podcasts. But that that's what I like personally from a podcast. I like to feel like I'm a part of the conversation and that I'm being chatted with. She does a segment which is called State of the Union. It's very American, I know. We don't have that. But it was about discussing the things that are in as well as things that they are leaving behind. And I decided with the seasons changing and me feeling really passionate about it, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. We are going to be talking about the things we're gonna carry with us into autumn and winter because autumn is here peeps and winter is coming. I'm a summer girly, Catherine Gran Canaria, Tenerife, you know, all the beach, nah, pools. I'm not a beach girl anymore. After San Andres, I was finished with the beaches. I got eczema. That shit burns when you've been in salt water for too long. Your girls are pool babes now. Because I'm feeling, I wanna say definitely more peaceful and lighter and happier. I'm really trying to take in and appreciate the simple and happy moments. We don't all have that opportunity I know some of us are working crazy hours, crazy days, maintaining mortgages. Maintain you know, my aunt told me the other day that her mortgage increased from when she got it, it was 1.8% and now it's 5.7. The payment rate, she said, is going to go up this year by 400 pounds per month. Shambolic. If you're someone who's going through that, I, my heart is really with you because right now, economy wise, cost of living wise, it's not easy for anyone to turn around and say they're trying to appreciate the happy moments. I appreciate most of us are really just trying to survive and get through life. What this podcast episode aims to do is use what we have and try and create more moments of peace where we can. I'm trying to save funds <laughs> as well. And I can't just be jet setting every single time. We're gonna be discussing everything from fashion, outing, supplements, and more for the things that we're gonna need. And I decided I wanted to start off with mental health. There are so many elements to winter that affect our mental health. I really wanted to address, address them because they affect me too. They affect some of my friends. And as a nurse, I think it's always important to advocate for our mental health. You may or may not know about seasonal affective disorder, more known as SAD, and it actually affects around 2 million people in the UK. Chances are one of you listening is gonna be affected by this. And I thought I just wanted to give you guys some more information about it. And it's a lot to do with the seasons changing, the fact that it's getting colder, the fact that it's gonna get darker earlier and for longer. It can look like symptoms wise, depression, sleep problems, lethargy, overeating, we're seeking comfort, irritability, feeling down and unsociable. I have done some research and wanted to let you guys know of some of the ways that we can combat this. Starting off with being outside as much as you can. I once posted a running video of me at night and it made me realize how lucky I was that I felt safe enough in my area to go running at night because a lot of the women in my comments were like I applaud you for going for a run at night but sis my area is not safe enough I can't do that and when I first started to devise this info sheet of ways to combat the lack of daylight hours it was like go for walks at night and stuff like that I appreciate not all of us can do that so instead let's get practical Take a walk during the day. Yes, you have a working day, but for those of you at home, 
sit next to a window make sure you're looking outside or getting in that sunlight as much as you can also for those of you working at home or for those of you in the office your lunch hour i know it's a time you want to wind down and you just want to be away from people but please just go for a little cheeky 15 or 20 minute walk or just have your lunch outside so you don't even have to buy lunch outside just have your lunch outside sit down on a beautiful bench if you've got a park nearby i know some of my friends are lucky to have those do it just be outside yeah you'll be in your jacket it might be a little chilly but you'll be outside in the daylight and that will help combat some of those feelings that's just one thing we can do in addition cold is my arch nemesis and Juan can attest to that because I am against cold showers I am against being uncovered cold is not for me I didn't realize that actually you can reduce the winter blues by 50 percent just by keeping warm I want to say that I recognize that some of these things might be obvious but they're not always ever obvious to everyone what that means is dressing and keeping warm as much as you can. I say dressing because if you're like me, who's a twat, two years ago, I bought a really fashionable puffer jacket from Zara, which was brown pleather and it was crop. And I say it wasn't practical. I'm saying that I'm giving it away this year because the cold that used to hit my body from the fact that pretty much my diaphragm and below being uncovered meant that I wasn't warm. If you're trying to do up fashion in the winter, stop it. Just stop right there. Be a roll. Put on a nice comfy jacket. Forget fashion. Be a nice comfy hot dog roll in a coat that is almost like a bun. And I ended up going to House of Fraser and buying a lovely fur lined hooded warm ass two style zip jacket for the winter because I'm going to be ready. This winter won't catch me. If I try to do up a little more fashion, it will be my underlayers and not my overlayers. I used to hate hats. I don't think I look nice in them scrap that if i don't want to wear a hat i'm gonna wear earmuffs look earmuffs them things they are fashionable wear them but keep warm eating and drinking warm is important as well i know we all love a salad i all know we love a pasta salad a rice salad and cold items i know we do a three pound meal deal but let's try and get in those warm food items let's do soups let's do paninis you can make and you can make a panini at home honey you can put that in baking paper and heat it up in the microwave and it's something warm that you'll have for lunch not everything has to be cold introduce warmth into your life people for winter because like i said it can reduce the winter blues by up to 50 percent, and i feel like that's really important herbal teas and decaf coffee are the next in line we don't need caffeine every single moment of the day i know it helps to get through the day but if you're someone that can't drink coffee decaf decaffeinated tea hot chocolate there are cheaper options to buy those but let's we're trying to keep warm so try and incorporate those i know it can be hard especially with tea my friends have this really i don't want to say a weird habit but i find it weird where they put a little bit of cold water into their tea but i always feel like it's going to affect the stewing and the brewing so i don't do that and it means that i let my tea go cold before i end up managing to drink it that's not ideal so (laughs) If it helps, and if you didn't know, just add a splash of cold water into that tea and it will make it drinkable. But what it means is you'll be keeping warm through your drink and through your food. Probably one of the most important elements that I want to get onto as well is sleep. I am someone who in general finds it very easy to go to sleep. I know though when I'm anxious, when I'm stressed, when in the winter months there's just not as much light, I tend to have a lot of waking at intervals in the night. Unfortunately, it affects the quality of our sleep. What winter tends to do and the darkness means our bodies struggle to produce melatonin, which is what helps our sleep cycles. We can speak about this often and I'm sure if you've looked at ways to improve your sleep, this has come up. 
But sleep hygiene is a really, really important part of all of that. Sleep hygiene encompasses what we do to help us go to sleep and our routines to do so. What I wanna talk about is our sleep rhythm. The circadian rhythm is one that we follow and it dictates multiple processes in the body, including our alertness, our sleepiness, our appetite and our body temperature. It's an internal clock that we have that's aligned with day and night. It can always be disrupted, you know, through jet lag, through traveling, through work, underlying issues such such as sleep hygiene and maintaining a healthy one helps us maintain good sleep for example a healthy circadian rhythm will look like when the night starts to settle in you get almost like a lulling sensation and you start to feel tired you start to recognize ah okay my body's winding down one of the things i learned about in in terms of sleep and improving it was understanding sleep cycles we move through two phases of sleep rapid eye movement rem which you will have heard and non-rem sleep but those cycles start every 80 to 100 minutes and on average to get good sleep you usually need four to six of those so we're talking seven and a half to nine hours sleep a night and on average the studies have shown that if you're good with your sleep it takes you about 15 minutes to go to sleep this is important because i actually plan i think about this as a part of my sleep routine so hold that thought sleep hygiene encompasses everything you do to wind down at night when people and parents talk about oh yeah i'm putting the baby to sleep we're not gonna have any sugar we're not gonna have any tv we're gonna brush our teeth at that time we're gonna have bath time that is your sleep hygiene that is your sleep routine i'm gonna tell you some things that helped me and do help when i'm following them because we all know commitment is a problem and consistency is a problem but when i was trying to fix my sleep the first thing i do is assess what time I'm going to be waking up and therefore what time I'm going to be going to sleep. An example of using the sleep cycle as a way to manage how much time you'll be sleeping is by saying, okay, I want to wake up at six o'clock tomorrow. Each sleep cycle is one hour and a half and you need to get at least four to six of them. Four of them is going to be six hours, but ideally we want to get seven and a half. So we're looking at five sleep cycles. Six minus 7.5 is going to take us to 10.30. But I know I need 15 minutes to put myself to sleep. That 15 minutes is going to take us to 10.15. So in my head, by the time I've finished work or finished my at-home work day, I've decided, okay, I need to be in bed and actively trying to sleep by 10, 15 this evening because tomorrow I'm going to set an alarm and I'm going to wake up for six. The beauty of the sleep cycles that I've realized is when you follow them, there's this beautiful moment when you wake up where you feel energized and refreshed because by the time you've come to that sleep cycle, you've gotten enough of them and you've hit the end of it that your body can wake up. What I find sometimes is if you ignore that and you hit the snooze button, you do more damage than good because you let your body think it can go into another sleep cycle and by disrupting it, you get bad quality sleep, you get the feeling of grogginess, feeling of lethargy. When I'm sticking to these cycles, I actually wake up magnificent. After that, the first thing I'll think of is I'll make a conscious effort to get into a wind down sensation. So that will look like taking off my makeup, having a nice hot <laughs> shower. Sometimes I'll put some eucalyptus leaves in there. Sometimes I'll drop a couple of drops of lavender oil onto the bottom of the bathtub where the water's gonna hit so that the aromas come up and they kind of put me into a sleep mode. Everything has to feel good and feel like a routine. So even when I'm taking off my makeup, it's two steps. It's doing the skincare, might be a face mask in the night, might be like one of those eye masks. 
anything that's going to make you feel good and make you feel relaxed so if that looks like having a bath a bubble bath even a short one with essential oils or hitting up your diffuser i've got like three in my house they're affordable i promise you can find some for like five to ten pounds having a shower taking off your makeup winding down doing your hair for sleep getting into cute pjs and if you don't have cute pjs primani we know the vibes getting into that feel-good mode and introducing some essential oils can feel great to wind down after all of that i'm assuming that you've eaten dinner by then food should be eaten two to three hours before you're planning on going to sleep so in italian culture i used to fight with my mom a lot when i was younger because she'd used to want to eat at like nine or ten o'clock at night and i was like but sis i'm going bed soon like it just feels too heavy on the stomach anything that is going to take away from your falling asleep experience don't do it that should be it try not to eat any more than that because your digestive system still needs to work as you've gone to sleep and if you've filled it with a heavy meal chances are you're going to find it harder to go to sleep likewise with coffee and tea some people forget that some herbal teas do naturally have caffeine in them avoid that same with coffee you don't need to have it that late at night decaffeinated is the way to go you can still drink it just don't have the caffeine don't have something that's going to keep your mind awake i've recently learned it's not that caffeine makes you feel more alert it's that it blocks the signals in the brain to say that you're tired how are you going to go to sleep if your brain doesn't recognize that you're tired because of the caffeine that you've been inducing once you've got to that point you've eaten dinner you've done your whole shower you've done your bath you've done the essential oils you have to take accountability and take a responsibility to not use your phone blue light messes with the body's ability to prepare for sleep because it blocks melatonin again that's what the lack of daylight is going to do anything that's going to mess up your melatonin we want to avoid so blue light that emits from our phones we want to reduce that as much as we can going into the evening if you continue to use your phones or laptops late into the night you're going to feel less drowsy and it's going to make it harder for you to fall asleep i know it's hard to detach yourself from your phone from your laptop from your electronics i know some of us want to do late night work i'm guilty of that too i am guilty of reaching for tiktoks and yes they can make you feel tired but not in the good sense of fatigue it's almost like your your body's telling you i want to go to sleep but you're rejecting that sleep with using the blue lights but also your body fights to go to sleep it's almost this push and pull that you're creating and you're creating sleep tension something that i've come across is a blue light reducer and it's basically almost like a screen protector that you have that reduces the amount of blue light that you're receiving it's something for those of us who can't detach from our phones can use it's it's a last resort just don't use your phones it wakes up your mind so much and keeps you alert let go of your phone there are plenty of activities that you can be doing to help you get into a beautiful lull of sleep i am a sudoku fanatic that's what i tend to do late into the evening and because it uses your brain so much sometimes sudoku can be so frustrating and doing the counting and the logic behind it it puts me into a nice lull of sleep you want something that's going to lull you otherwise read we don't do that enough reading is i know it's my joy it might not be everyone's joy but pick up a rubbish boring script if you need to and just give that a read and help yourself fall into sleep music is something that we can definitely do yes you still use your phone to do it but you're not using it as much listening to music can put a lot of us to sleep i know that it helps me fall asleep and it's something you can do that's not gonna introduce a lot of blue light to your eyes i usually use rain music there are bird sounds there are plenty of sounds and sleep stories which is another good one if you don't like reading it's sort of an audiobook that you can use to help moving on to exercise and oh i hate to say it and everyone likes to listen to it but exercise and incorporating it into your daily life 
can make a massive and significant difference. It can help your sleep. It can help your mood. I'm going to make this brief. It doesn't have to be any crazy hit. It doesn't have to be an expensive session of of Pilates or you don't even need a gym membership. Just go for a brisk walk. Anything that's going to get you sweating a little bit, anything that's going to make you breathe a little heavier and make you feel like your heart is definitely pumping is a good form of exercise. If you can do that to boost those happy hormones and keep cortisol away, then you're going to help every other aspect of your day, including mood, including appetite, including sleep, including keeping sad away, because that's the real ultimate goal here. I know for most of us, it can be hard to find a moment and an opportunity to do that. Wherever you can, if you have a garden, just being outside, playing with the kids, or even if you do have the kids, about 15 or 20 minutes after you've picked them up, go the scenic route instead of the short way. For those of us who work from home and we're single, during lunch, go for a 15, 20 minute brisk walk before you eat or after you eat. There's a reason that science has shown us it works. There are plenty of studies to support the evidence. Try and give yourself the best opportunities to give yourself the best forms of happiness and tranquility. See, I kept it brief. Like I'm not going to nag you. You want to do exercise, you can go do exercise. Then another important point, which is vitamins. I am a believer that your diet should incorporate these things, but I also so no, since I'm the chef of my household, that it can be really hard incorporating certain fruits and vegetables into your life that are going to help you with the seasons that we're in. I want to talk specifically about vitamin D because those of us in the UK do not ever get enough of it. We just don't have enough daylight. The UK sunlight is just not strong enough in the autumn and winter for us to synthesize enough of it to help with our normal daily functions. And recent information that I obtained, essentially melanin blocks sunlight absorption and slows down the vitamin D synthesis. So for those of us who are more melanated than our counterparts, chances are we are definitely not getting enough vitamin D. And unfortunately, we're going to have to supplement that. What that looks like is buying vitamins from Boots or from your local chemist. I promise you they shouldn't be more than 10 pounds, but it's something that's going to help you because it's so important to maintain normal bone and muscle function as well as a normal immune system and it will help you especially our immune systems when we're going into winter you know that the colds and the flus are coming to catch us real quick so take your vitamin d the next one that i had that was also most really important is for those of us working out in winter even for those of you who are going to go for brisk walks and get your hearts pumping vitamin c is a vitamin which is not stored in the body and means we have to regularly top it up, especially during and after exercise. So we've got to make sure it's on our radar. Benefits of including vitamin C in your life are to reduce tiredness and fatigue. A lot of us will feel that during autumn and winter, so anything we have to combat that will be fantastic. It also contributes to the normal metabolism of iron. Iron's another really important one, but I always feel like iron is important for those who have low hemoglobin counts and red cells so unless you're anemic and unless you've had a blood test to tell you that you need more iron don't worry so much about that but for vitamin c as for the information i gained apparently a medium-sized orange has enough vitamin c to hit your daily targets that's all it takes it takes one orange we can add an orange a day and not just that but most of the fruits and vegetables we come across here in the uk at least will have vitamin c that will hit your daily targets for example we've got strawberries we've got guava is one of the exotic ones but guava does it too you've got your sweet red peppers your sweet green peppers essentially very pigmented in color like your high reds your oranges are going to help you hit that vitamin c count but like i said it's as simple as eating an orange a day 
since we're in the health and well-being sector i also wanted to mention skin i jump on the moisturize train when winter comes around because i personally have got dry skin i've got combination on my face but mostly dry skin and eczema everywhere else and my lord as soon as the temperature changes my body's like yeah we've sensed this happening we're gonna create irritable skin we're going to bring dry skin we're going to make it all patchy rashy and uncomfortable and pleasant so i jump into that straight away and i up the moisturizing agents in my skin for those of you who have combination skin and tend to get really oily i completely understand that moisturizing is not for you but i will say that when your skin reacts to drier temperatures it can also produce excess oil what i would say then as advice is to introduce more heavy moisturizers in the evening and keep it light in the mornings that way your skin has the better part of the night to absorb these do its thing and then in the morning you're looking doing fresh and you're less likely to have oil and acne breakouts something i've learned from my cosmetologist and esthetician friends either way for me with eczema at least i always try to change up my moisturizing routine so i've actually had to i used to use epiderm and i now use e45 because that seems to be a lot more recovery oriented rather than just moisturizing unfortunately my top lip always gets the brunt of eczema so i actually had to introduce a corticosteroid to that as well which is the umivate and i can't remember which steroid it is exactly but it's part of the hydrocortisone family that helps to reduce the itchiness the rashy the rash element of the eczema on my lip and for those of you who might want that it's also over the counter or you can get it from your gp on to my favorite part of talking about the things that we want to bring in for winter is to combat sad and to help us feel like we've got a smidgen of that summer feeling is less money and more social this was an important part for me to add to today's podcast because I've mentioned cost of living and I've mentioned how socially we are struggling but a combination of that is always hard to achieve. I am someone who when you get thrown into work it makes it so much harder for you to be around your friends and I know I'm not the only one. I also feel like money is really a reason is a real reason why people aren't socializing as much as they should be. I feel like this year has been a really good year for ingenuity and creativity when it comes to spending social time with our loved ones and I really want to capitalize on that. We know that going into the cooler seasons we can lose touch especially when we're losing light but just as much as we can go out we can capitalize on staying in. So I'm thinking at home art sessions, at home game nights, creative cocktail ideas and even at home movie nights we can use what we have to create a really good social setting. I decided that to make it easier for you guys I'm going to be dropping a free downloadable info sheet on some of the activities that will be available in London, as well as meal places and restaurants you can eat at for less than £10 and include places where you can get cocktails on happy hours and at, I would say, cheaper than £8 a cocktail because I feel like putting that together will help people ease up on that. I've said to my friends that I, I'm really in a mood to appreciate winter. I'm thinking late night picnics. I'm thinking mini bonfire not bonfire but mini barbecue fires roasting marshmallows having chats we've got mulled wine apple cider and i feel like putting that together in an infographic will help people visualize those things that they can do and almost tick it off if it does really well then i'll definitely be introducing that 
every month for autumn and winter because I like those kinds of things too and I really want it to be free in mind I sometimes feel like the websites that we come across have a weird way of presenting it and they end up not even really being free so my one will be genuinely activities that you can do for free and if it takes off as I said then I'll be happy to make one each and every month and I'll be using it too because there are lots of activities that I've been wanting to do this winter and this autumn like going to pick pumpkins it's one of my mother-in-law's favorite things to do every year because she loves autumn and I think I'm gonna jump on her enthusiasm train I am going to be wrapping up this episode and I just want to say again thank you so so much for joining me it's very exciting to see the places that I'm going to take this podcast and I thank you guys for joining me in that and listening every week if you do (laughs) hopefully later down the line when I've started to master this art a little bit more episodes will be a little more data driven and specifically to add more value into your lives because that's what I hope to be doing I know I'm here talking about my opinions and expressing myself but I also do want to add value and I think that's the ultimate goal of sharing and speaking on your life and your experiences as I usually say every single week please if you want to send in your hot takes opinions if you want to send in feedback or you want to send in a dilemma Mama Kemsey is here to listen I would love to gist and to gossip here I don't think you understand how much I say every week and you can hit me up on socials which is at dear baddest b podcast on instagram dbb podcast on tiktok or you can email contact at dbbpodcast.com that's contact at dbbpodcast.com i'd love to hear from you guys and if you've got any opinions on what you want to hear me talk about next if you've got any feedback or want to send anything in then i am always here to listen this has been nkem your solo host on the dear baddest b podcast i look forward to seeing you in the next one bye